Hey, what's up, guys? This is Carson, and this is Slow Club Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode. So, guys, on this episode, I want to talk about Christian nationalism. And let me tell you, <laughs> I've tried to write about this. I've tried to, you know, uh, at a couple times do podcasts on it. And it is just a tough subject to talk about. Uh, but I feel like now I'm ready to discuss it. So uh, I hope you benefit um, from some of these reflections. Okay, so quite possibly this is the word of the day uh, if you're, uh, you know, in sort of a Christian, somewhat progressive world, uh, or you are, uh, you know, aware of some of the things going on in the governments of different states, you know, and uh, education in the United States. There's these. There's a lot of talk of Christian nationalism. And then, of course, everyone knows one of the biggest um, discussion points around Christian nationalism was what happened at the Capitol building. Um, And, you know, whatever you think about that, uh, that's not what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. But, um, you know, so, you know, you hear that term thrown around a lot, and I think it's defined in a few different ways. So it's always good to establish your definitions of what you actually uh, mean by that? Uh, what does it mean? What is meant by Christian nationalism? Um, so, uh, to me, there seems to be sev- maybe three different definitions of Christian nationalism. So, you have your first definition, which is typically the critical definition of um, Christian nationalism, or you know, often what critics are coming after. And they're not wrong. I mean, there are people who believe this, but uh, this sort of idea that as a Christian, Christians need to take over the government and institute almost like a uh, top-down legislative, uh, you know, effort to make the United States. And I'm just on this podcast for the sake of you know (laughs) where I live. I'm only going to really talk about the United States. I mean, we could talk about Christian nationalism worldwide, but that kind of can look a little different. Uh, But, you know, one of the definitions is sort of this view that, yeah, Christians need to take over the government, um, institute, you know, kind of a top-down approach uh, to these different, whether that's a moral issue or just how Christian government should be done, that sort of thing. Um, And I think there's some nuance to that, but that's, you know, so critics will say, oh, Christian nationalism you know, oh my gosh, there's all these Christians want to take over the government and then force everyone to be Christian and force people to be baptized and hunt witches, witches down and all that kind of stuff. So that's one understanding of Christian nationalism. I would say another understanding of Christian nationalism is uh, this kind of, like, really just, it's, well, I might save this for the third one, but the, the, the other understanding of Christian nationalism is maybe the first understanding of Christian nationalism, you say like, say a totalitarian Christian nationalism or a takeover version along with Christian nationalism basically uh, being, you know, the the American flag and sort of America as a Christian nation. It's almost like those two ideas can, they can go together, but I have seen where there seems to be some people who have uh, a, a view of of Christian America, but they they don't really want to take over the government, so they don't fit in that first camp. Um, but you can have these two groups of people, 
that ultimately come together to create kind of, I guess you could say, a bigger Christian nationalism. And then there's a third camp that I would say I'm in, honestly, and this is where, you know, hey, I've, every, everyone has a bias. If, you, if no one's ever told you that before, I'm telling you, everyone has a bias, whether you're a Christian or not. You have a perspective. You have a view that you're coming at, and you are most likely advocating that in the world. Um, and that's especially true in the democratic society. Uh, so I have a view, you have a view, we all have a view. And um, then that calls into question, well, who's right, right? You know, so that's, that's why we have the public square to debate these things. But for me, I'm in the camp that um, I'm not saying I'm a Christian nationalist. I don't really use that term to describe myself. I describe myself as a Christian. Um, that's, that's about it <laughs> most of the time. But I think the third view is one that I would encourage you, if you're more on the progressive side, I think you might want to rethink just saying that I see shared online and stuff is to me, the third view is really where Christians should land. And that is, if you're a Christian and you hold to the teachings of Jesus Christ, you hold to the historic Christian faith, you're trying to grow to be walking with God, you love the Lord, your God, um, you know, don't let your heart, mind, and soul, it's hard not to say that entire thing. Um, you know, you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you're seeking those things, then I don't know how you wouldn't want to see your values that really are not your values, they're God's values, you wouldn't want those lived out in the public sphere. Um, and so for me, I just see it as I'm a Christian. I have values. My family has values because we're Christian family. And just the same as other people would in a, you know, a democratic, you know, classic liberal society, we should. I mean, in that, I'm not saying a judgment call on our government style, not necessarily, but we should have the ability to advocate our values in the public sphere just the same as someone who's an atheist would advocate their values and their worldview. And I think what's actually happened, sorry, I'm going to put a little check mark that I just talked about Christian nationalism. I got to work through my list. Um, I think what's happened in our country is, for one thing, there's no doubt that scientism, secularism, and, and, and atheistic humanism has taken a predominant view in our culture, I think, for, in in large part, a lot of positions of power. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you live in the Bible Belt, you might think a little differently, but that's because we're in the Bible Belt. But most of the largest places, so like New York, California, you know, some of the bigger areas in our nation are just, they're not Christian. And, and the, like, the people would tell you they're not Christian. You know, majority of people are not Christians. And so there's this view, and, and this has shaped education, this has shaped governmental philosophy that comes at the world from the worldview and the, and the understanding uh, from a secular humanist, you know, sort of scientism, which me saying that, I'm being critical of that because scientism is sort of basically thinking science can answer all questions of life, which I disagree with because it can't. Um, science is has a different function than that. Um, but... If you look at that and you think on it for even just a little bit and you're like, yeah, you know, I think that's true. I think, you know, if people aren't a Christian in our nation, they're most likely a secular humanist. You know, that's 
statistically that's true. Now, of course, we have Jews, we have Muslims, we have Hindus, Buddhists, like, you know, the whole list of people. We have people who are multiple things or whatever. Um, but predominantly that's the case. And so what, what happens is in our culture, the predominant view is that secular humanist view. And as that grows, because uh, for, you know, most statistics show that the church in terms of numbers is shrinking in a democratic society, you know, people voting and having values that they're expressing through their voting and through their advocacy, those changing, that means the predominant view is then, um, you know, going to be shaped by that. And our country will, in theory, because of our cultural shifts, will change to become more secular humanist and embody that philosophy. Um, And I think that's already happened. I mean, just think on it for a little bit, you'll figure it out. Um, But, uh, you know, so that's already happened. And so I think what that means is, is, you know, I I think then you get into a bunch of other political philosophy. Um, You know, I've, I've studied political science and, and really dived into that in my undergrad studies and, and written tons of papers on these things. Um, But, you know, then you get into, well, what's the role of federal government versus state government? Do certain states like, say, um, where I live in Kentucky is a more of a red state predominantly. So in what way do the citizens of Kentucky have the right to vote for their, you know, say, conservative values and see those executed in government in a certain way, right, uh, as opposed to in California or New York? And I think what the issue is that we're seeing this clash and and it is i think it's rightly called a culture war i I think some people don't like that term but i think it is is because you have these two and i'm not just talking about politically conservative and liberal though typically those camps have more or less christians depending on which group you're in um you know it's just a fact that there are more professing christians in the red side than there are on the left and i and some people i think want to dismiss that and say that that's not significant but i think it is because if you don't profess yourself as a christian like like if i could explain this correctly um that if there's people i meet who are progressive christians who kind of have this mentality that like oh well you know you don't have to be a republican to be a christian and i agree with that you certainly don't that's not what i'm saying but but they also have this view that, like, well, if you're on the the left, then, you know, what? there's all these, like, closet Christians in the Democrat Party that, like, you know, are in control. And, and there's a bunch of Christians in the on the left, and they're just all closet Christians. And I'm like, well, but that's not really true. Uh, if you look statistically, I mean, I've looked at these polls and all this stuff. Like most people, the farther left you go, the less you're likely to identify as a Christian. And if you don't identify as Christian, I don't know how you can profess belief in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and as, you know, all the things that Christians say. Um, And so I think that's significant. And I just, that's just a tangent. But I I just wanted to say that because I think it's, it's really not wise of Christians to prop up, you know, try to pretend like something isn't the case, right? Um, so, but you look at that, and you look at that snapshot, and you look at our culture, and how these different people of ideologies, and and I, you listening to this or watching this on YouTube, like, I don't know where you're at. You might be a secular humanist, you might be a Christian, you might, you know, be a Hindu, whatever it is. But I think if we were to step back and say, 
back to my example of a Christian nationalist, that that for you, say you're a secular humanist, then I mean, I, it's, I think it's not wrong for me to call you a uh, humanist nationalist or a secular nationalist or whatever, and that really exists, right? I mean, one of the greatest examples of secular nationalism is communism. Um, and so because of that, you have all, in, in democracy, you have all these groups of people advocating for their values and, and, you know, in some ways, like if you have an absolute democracy, then whoever has most people is going to win, right? Um, they're going to have their values represented. And you would hope that the central government has some element of truth, because what if you had some group of people that, you know, convinced a whole swath of people, but yet those things that they're wanting to do are evil, right? You want to have some um, component that's going to hold things together. And that's where I come to my next point. Is I think, and what I would argue, and of course I'm sure an atheist would argue this as well on their side of things, um, and I respect that argument, you know, hey, that's why we, I I hope we can live in a charitable society so we can share these ideas and still be together, which I would also argue that living in a charitable society, allowing other ideas to exist is very much a Christian idea, um, uh, and how that developed. Um, and, And, but there's a truth void. If you look, I mean, I was raised, I went to the public school system, and you're taught about world religions and it's funny the way that it's taught in public schools the way world religions is taught versus like science and like humanism basically it's taught that like science and humanism are facts and then these religions are sort of like things you can mix into your stew if you want to like you know be spiritual (laughs) But but no, like it wasn't until I got older and I started reading philosophy and understanding logic and all this stuff that I realized, well, actually, by the public school system saying, well, we don't have religion here, no religion, we're not into that. Like no one get the religion here. But yet at the same time, by you not advocating overtly a truth about things, you are in fact advocating for a truth. And that is secular humanism. That if you create a vacuum where all these other, I don't know if you could see my vacuum, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, but if, if you are advocating for a certain belief, or, or you're not advocating for certain belief systems, you're trying to keep, keep everyone happy, then what is in between that? Because you're not making a truth statement, you're actually just creating like this, you know, environment where there's a hole there, then you're not you're not really tre- teaching any truth and and I'm, and I'm not saying the public school system pretends to do that I think sometimes they do or I'm not saying the government always pretends to do that but um, the way that our society has been trained to think is that if you bring up religion then oh don't force that on me but if you bring up science or you bring up humanism then everyone's like oh well it's just true it's like well wait a second <laughs> it's true because you say you're saying it's true from your perspective um, when in fact, if we live in a society, in an equal society, and we all are sharing ideas, we're all going to come to this in a different way. And then that's when it brings to, are, is truth subjective or is it objective? And as a Christian, we would, of course, say it's objective and it's from God. And so how we advocate our values in the public political sphere are going to look much different um, than those who are um, advocating their values in, say, a different way, right? Um, and, and so I just bring that up, guys, before I get to my next point, um, to say that I think what people don't realize is secular humanism 
and kind of how our society is structured creates a really a truth void, but that I say that almost like with quotes, a truth void. Meanwhile, it's, it is projecting and inserting its own truth because you can't have a neutral position. Everyone has a position. If you're going to exclude religions from advocating their values or, you know, say, I know abortion's a big topic for Christians, that if you dismiss Christians because they're just crazy religious people, then you are giving a value and truth statement by doing that. You're actually saying that you know more than they do. And for some people, that's true. They, they would argue that. But I would just encourage Christians in particular, don't discredit your own beliefs. And I'm going to talk about an article here um, that has to do with uh, that that I came across. I'll put in the show notes um, and in the, the, um, the YouTube description of this video is that that I came across an article that talked about this is that don't don't discredit your um, your own uh, values and what you believe are transcendent truths about the, how the world works and what are simply true in 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 the universe, right? Um, that in the cosmos, right? It, that if you dismiss that, then what you're doing, and well, let me let me back up if I can explain this better. I think what I've seen a lot of Christians do is they seem they attack other Christians for those Christians uh, trying to execute and um, advocate their values as they best understand them as a Christian and through the scriptures publicly and saying that those values are objective and those are for all people. And I've seen Christians attack other Christians for that. And that's just silly. Why would you do that? Because what you're doing is you're effectively saying, don't be a Christian publicly. Be a Christian privately. And what they're doing is like basically that, well, what should we put in place of that? They end up advocating secular values. And so what's strange to me is when you see Christians who by all means, most of their life looks like a Christian life, but then in their political advocacy and what they want to do um, and how they vote and everything, it doesn't match up with the lifestyle they live. And I think that's because we've been trained over time that rather than seeing it as like, well, I'm a Christian, I actually, in this democracy, I have, you know, these are transcendent truths that are applied to all people of all time. These are valuable. I'd like to advocate for these in the public sphere and with my representative or whatever. And I'm just saying, I think that's what Christians should do. And for Christians to attack other Christians for doing that, it really just harms their own beliefs and is really confusing. It just kind of reveals that that person's compartmentalized their faith to be like, well, I live this way, and I think these values are important because of my faith, but these have nothing to do with anyone else's life. And it's like, that is not what Christians believe. We believe it's actually for everybody. We believe that our faith and the way of life that God has called us to is for everyone. Now, I disagree with the first point, what I said earlier about Christian nationalism. I don't think that means we need to force everyone to do that. And I'm going to talk about free will here in a minute. I I, I don't think we're we're going to create a government to like make everyone be a Christian, but I don't think we should be ashamed of the gospel. We shouldn't be ashamed of our beliefs and how we live. We should be salt and light in the world and be who we are, right? And and we would, I mean, honestly, like that, that's one of our cultural messages. That's what's so funny is like our culture just says, "Be who you are, be you, do you." It's like, well, for a Christian to do that, it means we're going to be us, right? We're going to live. Um, Christian ethics, and we're going to advocate for those. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's seriously nothing wrong with that. So, but guys, let's jump into the next point, and I'll talk about that article real quick.
Okay, so before I move on to talk about free will, I just want to mention so there's a word on fire, which if you all aren't familiar, that's the ministry from uh, Bishop Robert Barron. Um, he, there was an article written on their website talking about a woman who did not feel comfortable with gender pronouns because of her faith. Um, and it was a really excellent article, um, and I'll link this uh, in this uh, video uh, slash podcast, um, that um, th- it, it really did a good job talking about how if we as Christians are going to be ourselves, and this is me majorly paraphrasing, that we don't want to discredit our, our own beliefs by saying, well, this is my belief. Like, I personally think that for me to, and I'm using this as an example, like for me to call someone who is biologically a man to call them a woman is, you know, a uh, betraying my faith. Like to say that kind of statement, that basically with the article does a good job of arguing, is that you're actually disqualifying your own beliefs as being a transcendent, trans, transcendent truth. That it's not just a matter of, well, this person as an individual doesn't feel comfortable with this. It's actually a matter of um, a deeper significance. It's it's more about what is true in the world. And that's, that's a deeper thing, and obviously that causes a lot more conflict because that means as a Christian, if, say, that was you or some other example, um, you're making a truth claim that is for other people's lives. And because we live in such an individualistic society um, that is so focused on yourself and so insular that for you to make a truth claim for anyone else's life, it is super taboo. So just be aware if that happens to you, (laughs) and it might. Uh, I talked about that on a different podcast, is cultural implosion inevitable and kind of how to navigate that a little bit, that it might happen to us with that. But I would just encourage you, if you do get in a situation like that, then then as Christians, we have every, uh, I'm not even just saying every right as in because uh, we live in the United States. I mean, I'm not super, you know, like, oh, wow, he rights as an American, right? I mean, those are good. We should work within those as best we can. But even as a Christian, you can't betray your own faith and, and what the truth of God for the sake of, you know, not offending a bunch of people. Because if Christians just keep doing that, then I think there's this, there comes a point where, I mean, we don't stand for anything. We don't have... We're not saying there are any transcendent truths. And then that even comes back to us, be like, well, why would we personally live this way if it has no, it's it's not really for everyone? Or why would I advocate for my kids to be a Christian if it won't actually help their life? <laughs> it's like, I might as well just forget it. And there are some Christian parents who do that. They're basically like, nah, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, well... You clearly, like, don't understand your faith is what that means. You have no idea. Like, these are transcendent truths. These are for every person on the face of this planet. Um, And that is going to sometimes cause conflict, right? So I'll link that article just for you guys. So back to what I was saying, just just, – I'll be wrapping this up here soon, guys. But so free will. So I think, you know – 
the founders of the United States, I, I think, had some wisdom in how they thought. I mean, think about before that, the years of wars and infighting, the Protestant Reformation, and all these religious wars going on that I think in many ways um, what came about in um, you know the United States was a response to try to create a society that allowed for freedom of religion, allowed people to not be persecuted, hopefully, <laughs> by the government, um, and, you know, have a free society where we can all get along and we have these, you know, uh, these rules that, you know, help us to live in a society together. And and I think that's a good thing, you know. So for me as a Christian, I think should Christians be in government? Should Christians advocate for things? Yes, exactly. That sounds great. But we should be careful what laws we create. Um that would force someone to become a Christian. Now, it's different if we're advocates. See, this is another criticism I have. (laughs) I feel like I'm complaining a lot. Um, Is that how can we advocate for justice? And, as like, it's funny because there's a lot of more progressive Christians that are like, justice, justice, justice. They're involved in all these justice things, which I would agree with. I think it's good. But then they would criticize Christians who are advocating justice in, say, a different area. Right, they're they're upset about that, and it's like, well, it just so happens that to advocate justice, say like racial justice, um, in one way, um, happens to be popular with the left. But if you're advocating for a different justice factor, say for a lot of Christians, abortion's a big deal, then there'll be progressive Christians that criticize that. And I would just say that's really inconsistent. It's like if you're advocating for justice, you know, basically they'll say, oh, that's Christian nationalism. You can't force people to, um, you know, you know, my body, my choice kind of thing, right? You know, pro-choice. Um, but it's but it, but then it's like, well, but if you're advocating for racial justice, then like, what if it's someone's choice to, um, you know, be racist, right? Like. It's like at some point you have to say, well, wouldn't these equally be a value of human life? Wouldn't this equally be seen as important for Christians? And these are both justice issues. And so be careful what you criticize other Christians for because for many Christians there are justice issues that are different than others. And same goes for the people on the right. Like if you're criticizing um, you know, Christians for their care for some of the um, – marginalized in our society and seeking justice for them and fair treatment and all those kinds of things, then you should check yourself. Like, I mean, really, uh, that we want to be careful about that because I think what we what we recognize is that we want to be consistent. We want to be consistent with how we advocate. Um, but again, those both, both on the right and the left, if you're advocating for that, then that's like getting a little Christian nationalism there. You're You're pushing your values, right? And I'm saying that's good. I mean, shouldn't we do that? Everyone else is. <laughs> That's like the bottom line of this whole video. Is shouldn't Christians be ourselves and advocate for these things? Everyone else is. Everyone else is pushing their agendas. And I'm not like saying you make people do stuff. I think there's a limit of like like intellectual ability or like giving people the option of like we're not telling people you must be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But if we believe these are good ways to live in society, then advocating those in the public square should be just as appropriate as someone advocating from a secular humanist perspective. Um, That's 
you know, if we're going to live in a fair and just society, one that welcomes all these ideas, then we should do that. Um, it should be totally cool. And yes, of course, there'll be certain ideas that went out. Um, but as a Christian, we shouldn't resign ourselves to just exit from the um, advocacy in the public sphere. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then just kind of what I'm saying, guys, as I wrap this up, is just being a public witness. I think what what public witness message does it send if you are, you know, living as a Christian for your life? You're going to church. You're part of you know, vibrant community, whatever that is, but you would never th- try to encourage others that that's a good path for them too. And I do, th- I think there is something to be said of just, you live your life and you befriend people who aren't Christians. And when they become interested, then you invite them in. I think that's great. I'm not advocating that you go scream at everyone and tell everyone they're terrible and they're wrong. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I, but I am saying that I think we want to be careful that we don't just go along with what's popular in our culture. And I think every Christian should be aware it is more popular in our culture to be in the progressive zone. And, you know, so we, we need to be careful. And actually, so a great example of this in one of my classes, um, my graduate classes, we talked about the issue of slavery in the Bible and how slave owners use the Bible to twist scripture to justify it but they used it because what ultimately started it was they were greedy they were full of hatred and greed and they had an economic incentive to reshape the narrative using the text that people used of the day in order to justify something evil slavery well i'm i am someone now saying what are the issues of our day that are economically incentivized for us to ignore evil and to go along with it. That's something for you to think about. <laughs> Is what are the things today that are, there's a lot of economic incentive to just go along with it. And this is on different levels. And I would say to me that then this applies to the right and the left. There are economic incentives for everybody. Um, I'm not doing, me doing this video has no economic incentive. I (laughs) don't ever have very many views on these kind of things. Um, And I share this mostly with just to share it with my friends. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Um, But there, what is the economic incentive of our time? I really think big tech has a big part in our culture now. Uh, You know, uh, petroleum companies still have a major economic incentive to twist the narrative and keep putting out plastics and polluting stuff and covering it all up, right? Um, So we need to be careful of that. And as Christians and people thinking about this, we also need to realize what what in our predominant culture is being reframed to make it sound great, right? I mean, and you see in the scripture, it says, be careful of the arguments that tickle your ears. They'll They'll tickle your ears, right? We have a lot of ear tickling going on in our culture, a lot. And so be careful what tickles your ears and be careful, you know, follow the money. (laughs) As my boss said just recently, follow the money and you'll see what's going on um, in in certain places. So you want to be very careful. So guys, I hope this has been helpful. And truly, I'm not here to try to make a bunch of people upset and cause a big controversy. And don't mishear me. I'm not advocating for, you know, 
God, guns, and country gravy. Like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Gosh. I'm saying that I think as Christians, we can advocate our values. That's totally appropriate. We want to be careful of the extremes, both of discrediting ourselves and making us to where, well, I'm just not going to be myself publicly or in my political thinking. Um, And then we also, the other extreme of, I'm going to force everyone to do something and I'm going to you know, all this kind of stuff. We're not, we're not talking about that. Um, but be careful of how you've understood that term Christian nationalism because most of the ways I see it shared is kind of flippant and it, it comes to a, mean a lot of things. And so I wanted to talk about this and I'm glad I was finally able to talk about it. It's very therapeutic <laughs> because I've tried writing about it and I just every single time I'm like, gosh, dang it, what do I say? <laughs> um, so guys, I'd love to hear your feedback on this as always. Get in touch with me at slow1club at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, God bless you, and um, I hope you enjoy this uh, slow life with God.